You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 1st in the year 2021. And no matter if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast or if you're watching us on YouTube or WKYC.com, I want to thank you for making Locked One Buckeyes a part of your day. On today's episode, we will be joined by Mr. Daniel House. He's the founder of GophersGuru.com as he helps us learn more about the Buckeyes' first opponent in the 2021 college football season week. One begins tonight. Today is a day that football fans, excuse me, college football fans, many of us have been waiting for for a very long time. There will be games, well, one game tonight, and then multiple games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. One game Sunday evening and one game on Monday night as well. Tonight at 7.30, UAB plays Jacksonville State. The game will be on the ESPN, but tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern, In Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Buckeyes will be facing the Golden Gophers. Gus Johnson, Joe Klatt, and Jenny Taft will be on the call. I'm not only excited to hear them call the game, but I'm also excited to watch the Buckeyes play the football. I'm going to back away, bring in Daniel House, and allow him to help us learn more about the Buckeyes' first opponent in the 2021 college football season. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes, it is Daniel House. He is the founder of Gophers Guru. You can check that out at gophersguru.com. Daniel House, how you doing, man? I'm ready to roll, man. It's game week. This is exciting. Big Ten football, Ohio State, Minnesota under the lights. Should be a fun game. It should be. Hopefully, it's a whole lot better. Not as sloppy, not as many penalties as a Nebraska-Illinois game we got to watch on Saturday to start the college football season. Did you watch that game? It was crazy. That that was sloppy, terrible football, so undisciplined. NCA is investigating Nebraska for practicing too much. I mean, I didn't see the practice out there. No, no, no. Unless you're practicing doing abnormal things on punt returns, that may be the one thing that they're practicing right now. Thursday, man, it's, it's a day from now. The game everybody has been waiting for, Big Ten football fans, fans of Minnesota, fans of Ohio State, were all waiting and anticipating to watch this game. My my level of hype went up as soon as I saw those black jerseys that Minnesota's wearing. I'm like, oh, this is big time. You guys are coming for the, the, the big kind of game that I love, I, I live for. Daniel, the jerseys, the game, week one, Ohio State's coming to Minneapolis. I know the juices are flowing, but I know as I say that, I'm sure that you, some more emotions come up as well. It, it's exciting. A lot of people are hyped for the game up here just because of where the Gophers were at in 2019 and then 2020 being such a weird year and having guys out so much. And I mean, at Nebraska, 33 players out, found a way to win, had 20 out against Purdue, games canceled, just a weird year. So now with fans coming back, Ohio State under the lights, primetime game, there's just this pent up enthusiasm for Gopher football right now. Like, we haven't really witnessed before. And it all starts with the head man, P.J. Fleck. A lot of people looking at him for answers, trying to see how he bounces back. A phenomenal season 
during 2019, as you mentioned. 2020, a little rocky. The team went three and four last year, of course, with Rashad Bateman um, leaving during during the middle of the season. From what I've read recently, I kind of forgot about that last year. Of course, that does throw a wrinkle into your offense. But P.J. Fleck, his enthusiasm, his mentality has never changed. And I'm sure going into Thursday's game, he is getting his team fired up for this big-time matchup. It hasn't changed, and you're exactly right. And it's one of the reasons why Minnesota's program's in the position it is, because he kept those young players on the field last year on defense and said, we're worried about the future. These guys will make some mistakes, a unique 2020. Just don't put too much stock into it. Take it into 2021. Get these guys reps. Minnesota lost two games in overtime last year. You win those two games, you're probably talking a little bit different about the team. The, the national perception's probably different. But the defense struggled all last season, and that was because of mistakes everywhere, guys not being in the right position, like can't control a gap up front, linebacker can't get off a block, third-level safety trying to make a hero tackle. Those things are fixed because of the personnel they added, the in-person time they had in the spring. Some teams withstood that a little bit better than others just because they had veteran experience where Minnesota lost seven starters on defense and then offensively had a coordinator change during the pandemic. So there were two variables there that certainly had an impact on how Minnesota played. I mean, everyone experienced it, but other teams certainly got hit a little harder. You mentioned the coordinator change during a pandemic. Could you please go in a little bit more depth as far as how that affected the team last year, as well as the approach going into this season? Well, Kirk Shiraka left for Penn State after the 2019 season. Minnesota hires Mike Sanford Jr. from Utah State and named him a co-offensive coordinator with Matt Simon, the wide receivers coach. So Mike Sanford gets up here, COVID-19 pandemic hits literally minimal in-person contact with the players. So you're trying to figure out what your players do best during games, minimal practice. And that's not good for player development installation. You're on Zoom trying to convey what the offense is going to look like and trying to keep some of the concepts that Minnesota had in 2019 to ease that transition. So you honestly really didn't even see much of Mike Sanford's influence in the offense because he was trying to keep things simplified. And I know I've talked to coaches at the college and the NFL level, and they've said it was a unique year because you had to figure out, do you dedicate all your installation and instruction into the passing game or the running game? Because you can't really possibly do both because of the short period of time you had to get your team ready to play. So Minnesota definitely faced the effects of that. And Tanner Morgan, just developing that relationship with Mike Sanford, doing it through Zoom. PJ Fleck was like, this is this is like online dating last year. Because <laughs> you never even meet the meet the person uh anywhere. You, you're doing it over Zoom. So that that's something to watch this year. Mike Sanford's influence in the offense should be pretty apparent from the get-go. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, contest including online's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest 
$200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sports book experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Have you noticed anything in the offseason as far as more success or a better continuity between the offense from last offseason? Not really being able to get much information last offseason, but have you got a sense that the offense will be more in sync this year? Yeah, you can see the the chemistry of this team just overall. And PJ Flex said that last week. This is one of the most connected teams he's coached uh, in a long time and maybe ever because you go to practice and you watch the O-line and the D-line battle it out. The Minnesota's offensive line is 154 combined starts coming back. One of the strengths of the team, Chris Ottman, Bell, Daniel Jackson, one and two at wide receiver. Then there's some question marks at three and four, but they had some really nice additions with Brady Boyd and Lamecki Brockington, two true freshmen. And then the wild cards, Dalen Wright, a transfer from Texas A&M. He was the number 11 overall player in Texas in the recruiting class coming out. Raw, rough around the edges player, but has so much athletic ability. And you, you just got to get the guy out there and let him make plays. So he could emerge as wide receiver three over the course of the season. That's one of the big question marks that I see with Minnesota. However, having an experienced quarterback, Mo Ibrahim, the top running back in the Big Ten, and one of the top backs in the country in the backfield. So Minnesota, what what does the offense look like? Is there a bit more balance? Because they definitely skewed toward running the football, particularly on early downs. Do we see a shift in that because of how teams are going to defend Minnesota, bringing an extra guy into the box to take away the run? Passing game is going to be key this year. The quarterback. We'll get to Ibrahim in a second, but the quarterback, Tanner Morgan, has a, he was a guy that left Western Michigan. I don't think he ever played a game there, but when Fleck came to Minnesota, he followed Fleck. I, I, I honestly thought that that was his kid because they looked so similar. <laughs> and so I heard Fleck in a, in a uh, press conference talk about, no, that's not my son, but we look like we – we like go hand in hand. He followed me here. So it's not like a father son connection, but it's just he really wanted to play with me no matter where I went. So he let, he didn't, he decommitted from Western Michigan, went to Minnesota. He's been there for a very, very, very long time, it seems like. And this is just the year where you want a guy that is seasoned, has shown some success at the quarterback position. You want him to do that same thing again in 2021. 
the best story about Tanner Morgan is commits to Western Michigan. He took a trip there, never expected to even consider going to Western Michigan, but was blown away. His dad went with him there and they committed and his mom wasn't even there. And then they commit there and PJ Fleck eventually takes the job at Minnesota. He gets a call from PJ Fleck. Hey, I'm going to Minnesota. You want to follow me? He's like, yeah, I want to go. Well, he was having his graduation party and he had Western Michigan stuff all set up. <laughs> so he's he flips the W of the Western Michigan around and, and the desserts all have the flipped W to the M. So that's one of the fun facts about Tanner Morgan is he never wavered. Him and PJ Fleck are ultra connected and they, they look similar, like you said. Tanner Morgan running this offense, he's an ultimate leader. And I don't I don't think people from the outside probably see that as much, but he brings out the best in his teammates and they rally around him. And that's been something you've noticed from the minute the guy walked on the field. He's just got this natural aura of everyone gravitating toward him. And 2019, one of the most efficient passers in the country. And that was a product of, you know, the scheme being all set him feeling really comfortable within it last year was just so different and there were just a lot of different variables. So I'm expecting Tanner to have a really good year and surprise some people with how he bounces back after 2020. The running back itself, Ibrahim, is that how you pronounce his last name? Mo Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Okay. I've said it wrong so many times that I recently <laughs> on a show, I was like, I don't know how to say it, so I'll say it a couple different a couple different ways. If I butcher it, just forgive me. There's so many weird names in college football that I have to try to pronounce consecutively all of the time. But last year, I am very impressed because I know in college football, the running back sometimes, we forget how durable these guys are. In yeah. seven games, 201 carries, 1,076 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns. Now, I know that's just a snapshot, a quick snapshot of the stats, but on the field – that's a whole that's a whole lot of yeah. he's gonna get the ball. Do we bring an extra guy in the box knowing that there's knowing that there is a slot receiver, knowing that he could beat us in the slot? Do we bring a, two extra guys in the box and risk getting beat over the top via one man to man coverage? How do we slow him down? He's good. He's really good. Big Ten running back of the year last year. But what makes him so special? And I ask that question in a way that I like I like stats, but my eyeballs tell me that stats are not always the end-all, be-all as far as describing, Daniel, how a guy plays on the field. Yeah, Mo, the the trait with Mo is the patience because he, he follows his blockers so well, and yeah. he'll let defenders blow by and then beautifully cut back. He's awesome off outside zone being able to take the right read, bend something back the other way, make a defender miss. He is perfect for that zone scheme because when you get him out in space, he can make that first defender miss, and his vision is phenomenal. That's the that's probably the number one thing I would say about Mo is he always finds the right spot, and he reads his keys extremely well, and that's what sets up these explosive runs and also the pad level. I mean, the guy runs so low to the ground, and he's shifty. Uh, it, it is a really unique rushing style because he also has a physical dimension too, and he can take you on in the hole and just smash you. I mean, he's got a very, very unique rushing skill set. And everyone talks about Mo, but people should keep an eye on Trey Potts this year. If he stays healthy, he's someone that could emerge as a breakout player and honestly could be a big part of this scheme against Ohio State through the passing game, screens, 
his versatility is something that Minnesota could capitalize upon this season and, and especially during this game. What type, what type of running style, not running game, running, not running style, running scheme does Minnesota utilize? Outside and inside zone. So the bread and butter is the inside zone, but they've added the outside zone over the past couple of seasons, and the execution of that has been phenomenal. They've got a very mobile, physical offensive line. The center, John Michael Schmitz, makes it all tick inside. He's able to reach block defensive tackles extremely well. This, this team has a very blended rushing approach with the inside and the outside zone, which makes them more difficult to defend and why I believe the approach for this game is to just spread the field out. Ohio State, I'm just curious to see how much – it sounds like the 4-2-5 with the bullet mm-hmm. defenders probably going to be the primary base package, but how much do you see that against Minnesota with them being a more rushing-oriented team? You can pull that bullet defender down into the box, and, I mean, Craig Young probably is the best skill set for this game, but Minnesota spreads the field out. It could create more challenges for Ohio State's defense – because of how that scheme sets up. Speaking of defense, let's go right to Minnesota's defense very quickly. Last year, uh, giving up 30.1 points a game, 70th um, most points given up uh, in FBS, 70 out of 128. Ironically, they were 71st in points per game as well. So you're right there, like you are offense, defense in the college football landscape. You're right at the same level. 30 points a game giving up, that's not really good at all. What? How are they expected to improve this year? Yeah, they couldn't stop the run. They were one of the bottom five teams in rush defense EPA last season. So that's not an area you want to be at the bottom of. So they made a lot of improvements there. Bringing in Niles Pinckney, a transfer from Clemson that played more than 1,100 snaps and watching the, the fall practices jumped out immediately. Someone who can take on double teams is really physical, disruptive. That opens up everything for the linebackers in the second level. They added Jack Gibbons, a linebacker transfer from Abilene Christian. He's one of the top players in the FCS, a smart player, very instinctive, adds a physical dimension, type of guy who could lead the team in tackles. He was very impressive during the practice sessions I watched. And then seeing the growth from the safeties and Tyler Newbin, PJ Flex said he's one of the most improved players on the team. Last year coming in, playing with little experience, shifting over to a new position, trying to figure all that out. He looks comfortable, and he could be another X-Factor player. One of the biggest question marks is that cornerback room, opposite Coney Durr, Terrell Smith. Can he emerge as a legitimate number two, or is Minnesota relying more on Justin Wally, a true freshman? He's Mr. Football in Mississippi. Minnesota went down and got him. He looked very impressive from the practices that I was at. Uh, Small sample size, but I know the staff is really excited about him. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor as well? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, you're definitely missing out. Coconut and coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and even salted caramel. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to Built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your next order. Once again, go to Built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. 
Com. You kind of hit what I was going to go to next because I was going to ask about how they replaced Benjamin St. Juice, but you kind of alluded to a couple guys, three or four, that will be very important at the cornerback position because Ohio State's passing attack, if mm-hmm. everything goes like people think it will, it'll be lethal. And it could be lethal against Minnesota. Minnesota could have the proper approach to slow them down. It's kind of like a, uh, the, the, a chess game. X's and O's, uh, cat and mouse, what do you do? Let's let's try to fill this thing out. Benjamin St. Jude has those are big shoes to fill. But I think this Minnesota defense, knowing that they're at home under the lights, probably going to be sold out. I think they're up to the challenge for the Ohio State passing attack. The front seven helps a lot too because you're you don't have to cover as long down the field. And if they're successful and and leaving practice going, this is probably one of the strengths of the team is the front seven and the, the physicality. And they can rotate about ten different players before it's been five or six up front on the defensive line. So that's a major weapon. And the key is you got to be able to stop the run on early downs, get Ohio State into long down situations where you can mix looks. C.J. Stroud making his first start. I expect Joe Rossi, the defensive coordinator, to really draw up some creative looks. That's his forte is on third down, bringing pressure from different areas, aligning guys in different spots. That's how you overcome maybe some of the concerns that you have in the secondary. Ohio State's receiving core is one of the best I've ever seen. I mean, this is nuts. The the group that they're running out there is so, so explosive and dynamic. C.J. Stroud, if he can play just decent football, he's got guys that are going to be getting separation all over the field. And I'm high on Stroud. I think he's going to be really good. And Ohio State fans should definitely be excited about him. I, I, I just... I love the week one matchup here because it's so interesting to see the wrinkles that each team will roll out that they haven't shown before. So whoever adjusts in game better could gain an advantage here. You know, everybody talks about the passing game of Ohio State, but the more I look at this game, I look into the season, Ohio State's running back room, talented. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not talented. But they only have one guy that's played any portion of significant football at all. Yeah, Marcus Crawley played quite a bit in backup roles, kind of mop-up duty in 2019, ended up tearing his ACL against Maryland. Um, uh, Mayan Williams got hurt, and we saw him a little bit at the latter part of the season. I know he played; he had like a few snaps against Clemson. But outside of that, you got Master Teague, the seasoned guy. You got a couple true freshmen that you're hoping will play well. But you mentioning the front seven as a, de- as a strength of the team, of the defense, I'm curious about the matchup there, the running game versus the front seven in Minnesota, because that's an area that if Minnesota slows that down, they can make this game a whole lot closer than some people think it'll be. It's the X factor. Up front on both sides of the ball, I would say, are the two matchups I'm watching. And Ohio State, looking at their offensive line, sounds like Munford's going to play left guard now. Is, is that mm-hmm. what they're saying? Yeah, kicking him in because they want to get Dewan Jones at right tackle, which tells you how good their offensive line is. If you're willing to move Munford into guard, you got something good going on up there. But like you said, what does that running back room look like? I I, I want to see Travion Henderson. That that's who I want to see. That guy watching that film of him, he looks like he could be a special talent right away. Mm-hmm. Is he the one that's been hiding behind the scenes where they have all this stuff? ready to unveil week one against Minnesota. I would not be surprised if he has package plays that are just for him in this game and throughout the season. His role will expand, 
And I expect him to be the primary back when it's all said and done for Ohio State. What's your prediction for the game on Thursday? Oh, I, I don't even know what to expect. I think Ohio State wins the game, but I think it's a lot closer than people think. Maybe it's like 32-24, something in that range where it's higher scoring than people maybe anticipate for both teams. Um, I, I look at the Ohio State receivers, and that's the that's the X factor. Can Minnesota's front seven do enough to disrupt the timing, get C.J. Stroud off rhythm? That That's the biggest key entering this game. And then Minnesota being able to pass the football effectively, showing that they have a wide receiver three and four that can put stress on the defense because we know Ohio State's going to play to take away the run. I do think Minnesota will counter by, by spreading the field and attacking up the seam with tight end Brevin Span forward into that 4-2-5 defense if they do end up playing that a significant amount. So I say it, it's close. Minnesota gets a couple takeaways. This game could shift in a hurry. That's the key, just playing a really sound, disciplined football game. Minnesota creates a couple takeaways. It could totally flip just because of how both teams are structured. Daniel, I'm going to save my prediction for tomorrow's show for the game day, but we're on the same page. All I can say is I have seen a lot of two-touchdown favorites, double-digit favorites for Ohio State. I think it'll be a lot closer than that on Thursday during the game because I do believe that Ohio, that Ohio State, they have some holes. I think Minnesota can exploit those holes. I think experience with Tanner Morgan is going to be very, very big for this game. So we're on the same page. I think it'll be closer. Just can't give my final game prediction just yet. Daniel House from gophersguru.com. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Before you go, can you let everyone know where they can catch you on Twitter and also some of the good things that are going on at gophersguru.com? You can check me out on Twitter at Daniel House NFL and the website gophersguru.com. The $5 all-access subscription gets you access to my film, data, and schematic breakdowns features and also rolling out some new game technology that will be really cool this season. I think fans are going to enjoy cut that spread in half, Jay, cut it in half. And I think <laughs> you're right where you need to be. And it could sway one way or another based upon how this game goes. I'm excited. And I think everyone is up here. I would, I was uneasy about the, the touchdown or six and a half point spread for the Nebraska Illinois game. I'm uneasy about the spread being so large for this game as well. Um, I picked the, wrong winner for the nebraska illinois game we'll see how i do for this game as well just i can't let that let that out yet daniel house this has been a lot of fun thank you for coming on locked on buckeyes man i really appreciate it appreciate it enjoy the game